Okay, it is Wednesday, a beautiful Wednesday, September 27th, and I'm here with my good friend, CJ. CJ, how are you today? I'm concerned, Scott. Talk to me. I'm concerned for you. Uh, for me? Wow, all right. I, so, I'm, I'm, I'm here to be heard. I'm, I'm driving in, an eight-minute drive. Yes. I'm here. Late, by the way. You were one minute late. I want that on record. Well, there was construction going on. Um, I called Rickenbach just in case. Oh, yeah. That's smart. (laughs) Um, But I see these signs everywhere driving around Concord and Sudbury that say, Stop Private Jet Expansion. Oh, that's it. Yes. And I'm wondering if you feel that your mode of transportation is being threatened. (laughs) I wish I could afford a private jet. You can. Why are we flying by private jet places? We should Um, be. So, CJ, do you think that, um, have you ever been bothered by a private jet before? No, no. In fact, I mean, I do live pretty close to Hanscom, and there are some that fly over. Uh, I noticed it when I first moved in. You can actually hear them? Yeah, I don't don't really notice it anymore. But I I actually kind of like seeing the different, I'm I'm a little bit of an airplane geek. Yeah. So I like watching them fly over and then pointing them out to my son, and he, he likes it, so... Like we'll uh, we go out. You're not one of the guys that points the lasers at the planes. So I don't know if you've been reading about that. In the paper. No, I'm not one of those guys. That's that's kind of a. <laughs> I believe that's illegal. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of kind of a kind of a dick move. Yeah. Um, but we do. It uh, looks like there might be a trip to Innisbrook coming up in the spring. Um, we could consider we getting. Could. A, we could see if the club would sponsor a jet down there for us. Yeah, I, I usually travel by car with Kramer, but for a private jet, I might blow him. Yeah, off. all right, right on. So, um, CJ. So yeah, I guess I don't know who's got an issue with these private jets, but there, you know, there's been a lot going on lately with people. There's a revolt out there, CJ. There's yeah, a revolt. You know, and I am all for being environmentally conscious. Uh-huh. And no problem with that. Um, I am a believer in. And the climate change that's happened, we're witnessing it here. I accept that course. Um, but I just, you know, I want to make sure that you're taken care of. Thank you. And I do appreciate that. Uh, I, 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 I want to posit a theory to you about not climate change, but something that's going on with our Earth, okay? Okay. And this has nothing to do with going to the moon or anything, which we've already determined was fake. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Earth does not follow the man-made calendars that we've created. And I think things are shifting just slightly to where summer now goes through, almost through September. And winter basically goes through March and almost into April. I just think it's just shifting. And we just got to have to understand that our traditional understanding of winter is November, December, Jan, Feb is not necessarily the case anymore. I think November is still great golf weather and, and like the end of fall now. As opposed to being the beginning of winter, I, I think that would that would be explained by the Earth warming up a couple of degrees. Um, I do think that we're probably tracking the rotation and orbit of the Earth around the Sun properly. Well, um, but we it, we're not because it's it it can be minute, but then over time something's got to change, right? Mm, I guess you know the Earth kind of tilts back and forth too. It, creates those seasons maybe it's maybe it's slowing down a little bit i think anybody who doesn't care about this has already turned off this podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're almost at but i'm, I'm, probably, kind, of, I'm yeah. kind of interested in it but whatever we're not going to go there cj here's something for you given the fact that i just suggested that summer goes on longer 
our golf season is picking up all of a sudden. Yeah. There's a lot going We've on. We've had some cool events. we got a lot going on. Last Friday, we played in a 20-man tournament. 10 and you 10. bring that up what? I well, it was it was a good time. No, that's not what you bring. Yeah, I, I played with my with my partner Baldini. Um, we are I I would say unstoppable. We played against Steve Gardner, solid golfer, and one of our pros, Mark Nelson, excellent golfer, uh, and we we won by three. So I, I'm very very proud of our performance. Was that the uh, largest margin of victory of that day? It was not, <laughs> but um, what you know, was? I think there was a team that won by five, but the that that squad lost. Yep, so. that is correct. There was a team that won by five. Sadly, that team promised to win by six, so I came up one short, but did win the hundred dollars. Yeah. So that was oh, nice. That's huge. Well, but that I see you created a little a little trophy for yourself. Yeah. In fact, if I remember, you brought the color printer into the pro shop. I mean, into the uh, lounge just so you could do a day of. Well, and you got a nice little picture there. I brought I brought a laminating machine, so mm-hmm. I had I I went to an antique stores. I wanted to get some kind of ridiculous trophy, and I found this aluminum Flat. serving yeah, platter. I'm, I'm holding it in my hand as yeah, we speak. It's, it looked to me kind of like the Wimbledon trophy. Yeah, and I said, okay, well, we could just paste a picture of the winning team in the middle there. So Mark, uh, it's actually printed out on on scorecard paper. So it's perforated in the middle, so we can rip it in half if we want to. Uh, yeah, then I laminated it. I cut it out and laminated it right here in the bar, and uh, we had a, we had a uh, arts and crafts time for about twenty. minutes. And you forgot it, one of your partners. Yeah, but yeah, Jim Boudreaux's not on there. But I found a great professional photo of him that I'm going to cut out and paste on there. Wait, Jim Boudreaux has a professional photo running yeah, around on the internet. He's so handsome. He is like. The most, he's like a hermit, and you found a picture of him? Yeah. That's astonishing. Good job, CJ. Yeah. yeah. CJ, you scare me with your ability to troll the internet. You pretty <laughs> much can figure out anything about anybody. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, that it, could come in useful, in fact. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk offline. Yeah, well, we have, we have, you know, we have another match coming up next Friday at Marlboro, Ryder yes. Cup style, 12 on 12. And I could use that. I could find information we, on our. That is well. The one that that ranged with me, I don't need any more information on him. He's an absolute open book of disastrous behavior. Okay. Yeah. So, but you show up and be like, if you show up on the first tee and be like, hey, you know, yeah? I, are you okay from that speeding ticket you got nine years ago? <laughs> um, just want to check in on That's you. Not a bad you. idea. Let's you know, do a little really, of that. You can really rattle some people. All right, I like that. You know what? Whatever you can do to get an edge. Look, here's the thing with these Ryder Cups, and I know anybody listening who's not a member in the Shotic, who's played in these things, know how this works. You're likely not going to win on the road, especially when we have a bunch of guys. I don't think we've ever played that course before, right? Yeah. And that course is tricky, especially if you don't know it. Well, that's the thing. Have I don't, you played I, there? I have not played there. Okay. What's what's the theme? I mean, is it tight? Is it? It is. It is tight. It's got a couple holes that are their higher handicap holes, which are really, really difficult. So, even though you're going to get a shot, it may not mean that much. You okay. know what I mean? Um, and the greens can be like deceiving. Like they look, they're going to break one way, and then they don't. You know what? In a shot, we just don't have a lot of that. Well, you know that for the most part, the greens are up and down, right? They're back to front. Yeah. And so you know if you're on the side which way it's going to break. But the, at Marlboro, it, it doesn't necessarily break the way you think it's going to break. And I'm sensing, because there's going to be a little bad blood with Marlboro, that they're not going to be helping you read your putts. So 
No, you guys going to have to be a little bit on your toes with it. I mean, they may not even help you on the tee boxes. I don't know. Yeah, well, so, we'll see. And so, what's the trouble here? I mean, am I if I if I hit it in trouble, am I in the water? Am there I is some punching? water. Like, what's going on? Yeah, there's some water. There's um, a, it, like I said, it's tight. You can lose balls there for sure. Okay. There's uh, there's some tight OB areas. Um, one when you get to the end of the front nine, it all runs along one of the main roads. And so the whole left side is basically OB. Yeah. Okay. And then when you get to the back nine, there you're actually on Route 20. You're behind. You're you're with storefronts that are in the back that you can see on Route 20. And then you get to the 16th hole, and you can smell the barbecue coming from fireflies. Ooh. So this this course is basically cut into you know the city of right Marlboro. On. Right on. You know what I mean? So um, look, look, but like I was going to say. I think we have a good team. I, I think we actually are putting together a really good team to bring there. But with the fact that no one's ever played there, I don't have a lot of confidence we're going to win. Um, but the idea is if you can sneak the win in this year, and then they come in the shot next year where we'll beat their brains in, then we've swept and then we just don't deal with them anymore. Okay. Is there a cup? That we're going to have. That we, yeah, I there, there there has been a cup. In fact, I'm going to have to talk to uh, Tom Ruggiero, who is the captain for them. It may be kicking around. I never actually owned it, but there is a cup. And if there isn't, I guess I'll have to come up with one. All right. So, um, so we got that. That's next Friday. Uh, this Friday, just kind of on just on a whim, uh, put together a 20 player Nooners. Yeah. Or a 20-player Friday. You're not playing in the Nooners. You're playing earlier in the morning. Yeah, we're playing early morning, but we're playing this game that you put together that is, is it two-man squad, two-man teams, two random man draw? Teams. Yep, two-man teams, random draw within your foursome. So you're playing with Shortel, Rickenbach, and, and Marston. So one of those three is going to be your partner, but you can't determine it. It's going to be determined randomly. And then it's 20 balls. Have you ever played 20 balls? I have not. All right, so 20 balls is... Um, You'll, you'll, you'll come to enjoy it, but you'll see it's hard to score really well with it. The way it works is you come off a hole. And you have to determine what you're going to do before you tee off on the next hole. So you come off a hole, and whatever you had for a score and your partner as a net, you have to decide, do I want to take one ball, both balls, or neither? And then you go on to the next hole, and, and you do the same as you go. The problem with it is if you wait till the end... You're taking bad scores. You're going to end up taking bad scores, but which if you, you want to avoid. But if you blow it early, like you might miss out on that eagle later. Yes. But no. Yes and no. Because the best strategy is early on you take your part. You take your net parts. So that's what I've learned. You take your net parts whenever you can, and you kind of start to you, you, you give yourself the net underneath you so that if you could be in a situation that on the last six holes – you need six balls, five balls, whatever. Now, you'll never have to give up that net eagle, but you also don't have to worry about, like last time we played, the team we played against ended up on four shots left with two holes. So they had to take both scores on, and we, we had done the nines in reverse, both scores on eight, both scores on nine. One of them dunked the ball in the water on eight. So they were screwed. Yeah. And the way, the, the way it works when you play, we're just going to play straight up um, uh, $50 a man. But when you play it internally amongst yourselves, which you could do as well, you play whoever wins gets a certain amount of money plus 
$10 per point that you win by. Because let's say you came in minus three and we came in even, that now it's $80 instead of 30 Ooh, Okay. So, there, and the reason to do that is to stake, even after the match is lost, to stake some money to why do we keep playing. You know what I mean? So it's a fun game. It's a game of strategy, which we have too few of. And uh, you have to think it through all the way through. Okay. You know, does it make sense to you? Makes sense. I'm worried that it won't make sense to some people, no, as we've sense. discussed before. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm going to take every net par and better and roll with it. And if we're done by 11 holes, then so be it. Yeah, you want to. Well, you don't want to be done before the 18th. You always want to save. What you really want to get to is four shots, four shots, or four holes left with four to play. What, what you kind know of, what I mean? What kind of score typically wins this? Well. The best, I've played this now, this has been our new game, we'll probably play it today. The best I've done is minus three. Okay. But that doesn't mean someone can't come in at minus eight. Yeah. You know, you don't know. The nice thing is it's a lot like when you play with all birdies count. If both of you have a good hole, you take both. Yeah. And the only way you would, that would get screwed up. But like, let's say you had, let's say you got to where I suggested where you have four holes left and you need four shots and you both Net birdie seven, well you or, or whatever sixteen. Well, you're both you're going to take both of them, and then that means you're not going to need a, a hole down the line. But then maybe you finish at seventeen. You don't have to worry about eighteen. Well, that's okay. Yeah. That may be a good thing. You know. Yeah, I think I would like to be done by sixteen. I, I don't know if See, I get that's a shot. The on, well, I don't know if I get a shot on seventeen or not. Right. That that uh, also is factor. part of the spread. Yeah, yeah. Now you play this off the course, not the low man. Okay. So. That you'll know going in where your shots are going to be. And like you said, if you're looking at, and, and ironically, the couple of times I played it, it was all during the same week where we flipped the nine. So then now you're looking at seven, eight, nine versus 16, yeah. 17, 18. That's a little bit different because eight and nine are almost always non-shot holes, certainly for me. Yeah. But for a lot of, like, you wouldn't have a shot on either hole. Or maybe you'd yeah. have a shot on 9, but not no, on 8. Usually not. Whereas you would have a shot on 17 and 18. Yeah, that's huge. So you do have to think that. So there's a lot of strategy. Yeah, if I'm playing, when I'm playing with full course handicap, 16, 17, and, 16 and 17 in particular become scoring holes for me. Right. Because I, I can par 16 and 17 pretty consistently. When I'm not getting a shot there, it's just t- it's just tougher because I I don't I don't birdie that I certainly don't well, birdie 16. The way this course lays out, and I think I might have told you this once before, but in the um, Invitational, my son played at a as a 13, and we teed it off the off the back, and from the the sixth hole, which is 15, through the fifth hole, so from 15. To five in the invitational, my son had a shot a hole. That's the huge, way yeah, this yeah. course lays out, if you played the back first and you were a thirteen, you're like a fourteen, right? Or yeah. you would string together from you'd have fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, one, two, three, four, five. That's huge. Think about that's, that. Yeah, that's and awesome. it's just the way this course plays. Yeah, and you just get get a handful of pars in there, and you're you're, you're running. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and that's what happened to us. We ended up with the highest, uh, one day we had the lowest score, and it was mostly because he, of those however many that is, I think it's nine in a row, he had seven parts. There's minus seven right there that you, that, you know, I'm not finding on my own. So. Yeah. But that is, you know, it's, it, that's, by the way, Dean Queso, 
was the chairman of the golf committee when they recalibrated this course. And when they recalibrated this course, what they do is, you know how the recalibration works, right? They, they take for about four months all the scores by hole, and they separate them between 10 handicaps and under versus 11 handicaps and over, and they go off the, the deltas hmm, yeah. on average, right? And when they did that, the number one handicap hole was number five. Really? The dog leg right. Really? And it's because, I, I asked Brian Smith about this, he said it's because it's a long enough drive for the, the higher handicap guys that they don't all get to the, you know, the, you know how you want to get beyond you the sand down, track yeah, for the yeah, yeah. so that they actually can't see the green. Interesting. And, what, and you, we've all been there where you have yeah, a shot yeah, where yeah, you yeah. can't see the green. And then, you know, your, your, your second shot is, is, is difficult. Yeah. So when they presented it to them, that was the number one handicap hole. It had gone from, I think in the old days, it was like number 11. Hmm. And number seven was third. But what they allow you to do is, so this is done by the USGA, and then they allow you four changes, which really affects eight holes, I guess, right? So Brian and Dean agreed that seven should still be number one, and that um, uh, the uh, second hole was number three, and then they made that number five. They didn't even want that to be a low a stroke hole, but they had no choice. Yeah. And then the same thing happened in the back where... The 14th hole, the par 5, forever, I don't know if it was the way when you first joined, was the second handicap hole, number 2. Really? And guys would guys could eagle that hole. Yeah. Wow. Right? You can get eagle. Now, most guys that eagle that hole aren't going to get a shot. But if you're a 3, you're getting a shot in a tournament on that hole. You could eagle it and get a 3 net 2. That's insane. Yeah. It went from 2 to 16. That's Jeez. where it is now. Yeah. Nuts. So, yeah, it's it, it all, it all it, the calibration of a course is interesting, but I'm sure that when they did it, they didn't consider that they put together this track of holes that in a row you would just have all these shots. Interesting. But, again, yeah. so going back to what we talked about, it does, it yeah. does, Play into the strategy. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting hearing that that breakdown. And definitely on fourteen, I see what, how the delta can occur because if you hit a bad drive there, you a lot of times you're just in your pocket. Yeah, and well, yes, I mean bad drive because you know bad drive left is you're dead. Well, bad and, drive and even, right, even is a good drive right can go through and hard. you're in the trees. Yep, and you're am I going to play up twelve? Yep, what am I going to do here? I it's it's almost certainly a one stroke penalty. So, I would yeah, I would tell you something about um, fourteen. You can play it up left. You just playing it up right is a fool's game. I agree because there's just it there's no place to really put it on that second shot that gives you a good chance to get over clean on the third shot. There's yeah. too much in between. Whereas when you play it up left, if you stay far enough left. If you're on like the edge of the end of the 15th fairway, near the water or beyond the water, and you give yourself enough room to get over the trees, you can birdie that hole by playing up left. Yeah, I, I've never had a good outcome playing it upright. I don't think anybody has. I've <coughs> never seen anybody play I've right. Seen, and, and I've seen someone make par. par really? The, yeah. Well, that's unique. That yeah. And that's the problem. That So if, you're a, 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 if you don't hit the ball far on that 14th hole, you're barely getting around the corner. 
Now you have to hit a good second shot to get on the green in three, right? Yeah. And that's why the delta. Yeah. Because you see the big hitters. I mean, I play with Angelo Libertini, and he can he can be on in two almost easily. Yeah. And so the delta, like you said, that's why it happens. Yeah. But they they tame that one down. They're yeah, like, this that makes is sense. too easy of all. That makes sense. So anyway, I don't know how we got on track. But that was such so we were talking about the Ryder Cup. There's a tournament this weekend that I know you're not playing in, but it's the four-man four-ball. And I was very pleased to see that a lot of guys signed up for it. I think that these weekend tournaments are hard for a lot of guys with younger kids, especially if they're in, you know, their sports and all that. And this is like the heyday for that. Yeah. Um, and there aren't a ton of guys that that I know, but there are a lot of guys signed up for that. So that's nice. I know some guys who are playing that they're really pumped up for it. I'm excited for them. I'm going to be in Nashville. Right. Down back right. home. Uh, is this your thing weekend. with the uh, high schools? Yeah, my yeah. high school program. I do a STEM program with my high school. It's a way to stay connected to the hometown. I am also going to um, probably the second worst NFL game of the weekend. Oh, you are? Yeah. You're going to the Titans game? titans Bengals. Nice. Two teams that are struggling. This could be a 6-3 to three affair. I think I'm surprised to see that the Titans were favored in that game. Or are they? Am I wrong about uh, that? I don't remember. I didn't even I think yet. they are. I didn't even look yet, but it's not it's not going to be as big of a stinker as Bears Broncos. Hey, look, anytime but, you get to go to an NFL game, it's fun, right? It's going to be great, and it's going to be eighty-five, so it's going to be yeah. it's going to be awesome. It'll be fun. Um, uh, and then so yeah, so we got that tournament. That'll be a money tournament, which is yeah. nice. And then we got the Gold Cup coming up in two weeks. Um, in three weeks. I'm lucky. I have a golf trip coming up. And then we have the PS de Resistance, the ultimate showdown. Uh, I'm bringing a guest that day. Are we playing together? Yeah, I absolutely. You're playing with Cesara? Yes. Okay. Cesara's been getting on my nerves lately, so yeah. Because, yeah, you been, know, he yeah. took some money from me and he got a little cocky about it, so... He's been chirping a little bit. Yeah, it'll be good to uh, put that in its place. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, so we're, we're playing in that. Uh, I can't wait... I am. I believe that's an all-day thing. Like we can sign up and play whenever we want, or is not. I think accurate? that's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm really. Um, I'm doing research already and considering whether I'm going to use my driver or hybrid again. Uh, yeah, I I have been thinking about that as well. I may. I know you love seeing me hit driver out the deck, <laughs> but I may not use driver this year. You a hybrid. I've been hitting my new hybrid so well that yeah. maybe that may suffice. Yeah, I think. You know, it's the great thing about the hybrid is just you know, in, fair, in fairness, we're talking about a tournament that has three clubs plus your putter. Yeah, and so you have to think about and you can't, and it's up. not four clubs. We asked last no, year, no, it's three clubs and, and a putter. Because we asked last year, can I sub the putter for because right. you can putt with a hybrid? Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but you know, I think the hybrid worked well for me last year. But I mean, you got to be hitting it well. So you hit hybrid as your that was your big club. That was my big club, and I did seven iron and gap wedge. Yeah, so that makes sense. That's I was thinking around the same thing because you can use that gap out of the sand traps. Yep. You know, either that or I. I don't think I could take my fifty six because I don't think that would. I and if I was inside a hundred yards, that wouldn't be. If I was outside a hundred yeah. yards, that and wouldn't I, be enough. I think weather might play a factor too. I mean, if it's a windy well, it's day, it's gonna be cold. Yeah. Plus, be you're cold. not. Plus, the green's gonna be aerated. Yeah. If it's a windy day, I might take driver just because. Yeah. You That's good. Might point. need the distance. By the way, that the most useless club in that foursome is the putter because the greens are aerated. Yeah. it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. You can yeah. putt with anything. Yeah, well, everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, so it is a fun tournament. Um, it's the one tournament that they have a charity aspect. Yep. Uh, and uh, and then that's it. And then anything we do from there will be weather dependent, 
and activity dependent if we can get enough people out. But I've I've had guys out in late October, early November, you know, for something like ad hoc nooners, stuff like that. Yeah. You never know. We just got to extend this as far as it can go. Yeah. The season went by fast, CJ. It's I can't believe it's already closing out. And you had a, the benefit of a full season. I actually only had a half a season. I can't remember why that was. I know me either. But it just feels like yeah. it went by so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, it's me good. I, CJ, I, March 31st, you and I teed up at Whaling Country Club. March 31st. That's wild. Yeah. That was forever. I don't know where I found that recently, but I was looking at something. Six months ago. Oh, it was on my uh, gin app. March 31st. Jeez. We teed up at Whaling Country Club. That was a brutal round. Remember that guy we played with? That was with Driscoll. Oh, no. No, no. That was another time. That wasn't March 31st. We played with that guy who, after two holes, was like, who are these clowns? Yeah. Playing from the tips. Well, we had fun with him. Yeah. 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 Uh... No, that was the time of Driscoll when he ran at the after nine holes to get his soul permit. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we put it on the podcast, and and Sherry listened to it, his wife, and she had not even realized he played that day. Brendan used to have a little more open communication with his wife. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not going to go. Yeah, communication is everything. It's everything. It's it's really what makes a relationship work. So, um, but enough about Brendan and his. You know, Brendan. Look, he's a blockhead. He does what he does. I've tried with Brendan yeah. to get him on the straight and narrow. It just doesn't work. No, I. It's it's kind of the reason he's so lovable, though. You really oh, got lovable. to embrace. I mean, he has such a a wide, fruitful range of shortcomings <laughs> that you, that's what makes him lovable, and you don't want to see those go away. <laughs> that's really well put, today. He really he does. He's like you when you. Let me put it to you this way: If I told you a story. But didn't tell you who the person You'd was. Know it's you would know it's friend. Yeah, totally. And we have so many of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I am very fortunate as well that in two weeks, I'm going on a uh, golf trip down to the Cape with some of the guys here to Old Sandwich and then Eastward Ho. Have you ever played Eastward Ho? I have not. I've heard it's great. It's amazing. Now, granted, I played on a beautiful day in November ironically, that we were talking about in November. And you can see the water on almost every hole. Another place we got to go, and I'll have you down there when, um, when, when he has me again, is Warwick Country Club in Rhode Island. Every hole you can see the ocean. Nice. It's amazing. And it's in Warwick, Rhode Island, which, by the way, is a pit, okay. except for this place. Rhode Island has sneaky good golf courses. The, the Rhode Island Country Club or the Country Club of Rhode Island or something like that has holes on the water. Yeah. Um, there's Newport, a, stuff in Newport's well, nice. Well, Newport's yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, yeah, it's, yeah, it's impossible. That know. was, um, I, was, I was watching, uh, the, the YouTube had the archive TV coverage of Tiger winning his, uh, I think it was second of three in a row U.S. amateurs. Damn, yeah, they at, played, the, at yeah. Newport. Yeah. Um, his first one, he won at TPC Sawgrass, and it was Newport, and then I forget where the third, the third one might have been Torrey Pines even. But um, all those matches, he was down six, because they played 36-hole match play for the finals. Mm-hmm. He's down like six holes, came back oh, to win. Oh, yeah, I remember down that four story, holes, yeah. came back to win. Um, Did you ever really read his biography, the one that uh, the guy from ESPN wrote? Probably, I've read. Because I remember that they, they yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about that. It was uh, it wasn't a flattering portrait. I can tell you that. No, no, they usually aren't. And I read Hank Haney's book about him. That was actually pretty good. Um, so everybody's got insights. I think his yeah. caddy wrote a book about you. You know, yeah, yeah. That, and to me, think about that. It's okay? a little. Your what was his name? Steve Williams. Steve Williams. Okay, it's a little, a little. Slimy. You're Tiger Woods's caddy. 
You carry a freaking bag and you make millions of dollars on the greatest golfer ever to play the game by like far and away. And then you write a tell-all book about him. Yeah. I mean, that's just bogus. Yeah. I, that is, that's gross. I, I'm I sorry. Agree. I agree with that. I, I would not read that book. Yeah. Even out even of the library where it's free, I wouldn't read it. But there's, um, Hank Haney's book, he had a couple little things where he talked about quirks in his personality, but it was mostly just interesting to hear him talk about Tiger's game. Well, he had a strange upbringing. I mean, you know. Yeah. The guy, he... He is a savant. That's a, like you know how you're a savant in like the like the internet world. He's a savant in golf. Yeah, I wish I was savant in the golf world, but <laughs> that, that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah, for good. I, I yeah. think for all of us. By yeah. the way, I, by the way, I, I am in a, a a disturbing downtrend where I have been as low as a one point something, and now I'm a six point two. It could be old age, CJ. I am getting older. I, I know you don't want to accept that, but I am getting older. You'll you'll come back. You'll be back down to a three next year. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. I don't know. May I only had half a season. So. I think the course this year here has played ex- exceptionally difficult compared to previous years. I, I think but mostly because of inconsistency. I just don't think you could depend on it to be what it, what you think it's going to be. It's been wet. There's been Very a lot wet. of wind here. A lot of more wind. than more than other years. So I think it's been playing much tougher. I think we've all had had to play in some bad weather, right, yeah. for tournaments or whatever. You know, in the rain and, you know, conditions you would otherwise choose not to play in. Yeah. We've had to play. And those those are scores that get posted. So no excuses, though. I mean, it's, it has been a great year. Um, but, yeah, I hope to bounce back. I've still had I, – I, I counted my rounds, and I had uh, – I've had 65 rounds. So I've had over 20 – in uh, you know in the seventies, so I that's fine, but I just wasn't very good this year. Yeah. Just it is what it is. I've had a rough year, and I, I did the um, you know the anti cap calculation. You take your eight worst scores of the last twenty and yeah. you average those, and that gives you your anti cap. So what is so the delta between the best and the worst? Is that what you did? Yeah. So yeah, you know. So what was your anti cap? Not good. What was it? Mine wouldn't be good either. But I mean, so I'm I'm like a ten eight right now for my handy for my handicap. You want your anti cap to be like fourteen or something like that, probably. So you're close, yeah, yeah. I'm you're like a nineteen. Oh anti-cap. shit, that's yeah. not good. So on a bad day, I'm like really. So bad. yeah, so that didn't you? Were you going to do that for the uh, uh, the twy? I should do that because I think it's a better indicator. I was I was looking at variance, which is kind of a it's kind of a similar measure, but I, I don't think variance encapsulate it. It doesn't encapsulate it as much as the anti cap. So it's like, if I'm having a bad day, how bad is it? And, like, I think you can really get a good glimpse into a golfer. So if, if I, I, yeah, that's interesting. So I, how do you do it? You just look, you went over, what, a full year's worth of scores? No, no, you just used the last 20. The last, so the ones that they're the ones using for your handicap. handicap just take and the you're looking worst. at the ones they basically threw out. Yeah, well, they throw out 12. Right. So and you take you the take, eight worst of the, the remaining 12. I see. And then you compare that to the ones that are creating your index. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to do that. That's interesting. Um, CJ, going back to Tiger, a question for you. Tiger renowned. There's two courses that Tiger just dominates. One of them is Torrey Pines because you mentioned it. The other one is the one where they play the memorial, uh, Firestone. Yeah. Fire, that, that course. And only eight there or something, right? What is your, outside in the Shotic, what is your go-to course? The one where when you go on, you're like, I got a better than average chance of scoring here. Red Tail. 
Oh, interesting. Red Tail, definitely. Red Tail's a hard course. I, I, I broke 80 for the first time there. This year? Uh, last year. Okay. I shot a 77. I played there. with you there once this year, right? I shot a 77 there last year. This year I played with you. I think I shot like a 35, 36 on the front. You did. You had a, you, you were unbelievable at yeah. one point. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I've had That's a lot like of nines, that. a lot of nines in the third, especially the front nine. I, I just, I tear up. Okay. I don't know why. It is, it is a difficult course. There's a lot of trouble there. Um, the back, I just get in trouble on um, 10, 10 and 11 there eat me up. So sometimes my round gets destroyed. I should, I should be more mentally um, stable, I guess is the word, and not let it well, get to me. You're not mentally stable. Yeah. But, I, I think uh, mentally tough. I should be more mentally tough and uh, not let, if I, you know, a double 10 or 11, not let that get to me and, and wreck my round. Well, we talked about in general. When I became a better golfer, it's when I learned not to let a bad hole or a bad shot linger in effect. Exactly. Yeah. Then you're, and that's, then I start like yeah. swing swing mechanicing and, and it also gets in your head. And then you're like, okay, I got to fix yeah. that, and you're not just swinging the club. Do you know that I was play, I played Concord the other day, and I was putting like I was making eight footers, nine footers, like it was crazy, and then I missed one from five feet. And it crawls inside your head, and then from there on, I couldn't make a putt. Yeah. And it's like, what? How does that even happen? I know it should. You know, you should just yeah. You should just accept there are going to be bad shots. It's you're going to miss the mental even part the of this pros, Even the pros are missing one out of ten of those five footers. Yeah. The, I I know, but it's just it does, it's still, the mental yeah. part of this game is. So I was going to answer my own question to you. My course, ironically, is the one I just mentioned. You've never played Warwick Country Club. Okay. By the way, it's a par 69. So I understand if you shoot like 78. Yeah. It's not really 78. But I've shot 75 there. I've shot 77 there. Um, and it's a it's a course that you can imagine. It's on the water. has a lot of wind. But I just... It's one of those courses because you know I have a power fade. I call it a power fade. It's just a fade. But it works for yeah. my fade. Do you know what? Neshotic... Nishotic is less favorable to my fade than you would think. Think yeah, about Nishotic. I know. They're, like, the 10th hole is awful. You have, to, you have to hook it. Awful for me. Yeah. The 14th hole, not good for me. Yeah. Right? I mean, I can go on and on. Most of the holes that are, that are hit straight, they're, they're not good for me on a fade. So, yet I've, I've come to learn this course and be able to hit that way. 15th hole. I mean, you. I can fade into the water. Yeah. So I have to work over the trees. It's like it's it's not a it's not a course that works my faith. Warwick works my faith. Right. So right on. And so there's that one. Um, CJ, we're going to wrap with where are we with our tournament that seems to be going on now interminably. Semifinals are happening this I weekend. I believe this tomorrow. I think yeah. three of the four matches. No, what's today? Wednesday. It's so Friday. Friday. Yeah. Four, one match for sure. Yep, one. No, there's and half I, of another match, I think. And then, and then they'll all wrap up on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So, our roundtable with the finalists is going to be next Sunday. We put that on the schedule, yeah. correct? And we've identified that. We've emailed. Everybody knows this, yes. right? What are the chances that's going to happen? Zero percent chance. <laughs> Zero percent. I love the zero percent. Zero. <laughs> well, then we're doing a podcast because I told you we're doing it one way or the other. <laughs> Let's do it without them. They'll have to take whatever analysis we bring to the table. I love zero percent. Yeah. 
And then we're still working, as you know, on the Wives Podcast, which has been a shocker, by the way, a scheduling nightmare. Impossible. We're going to have to do it over it Zoom. It may never happen. It's going to have to be over Zoom. It, no. Well, I'll never do that. Never do that. That's not, that's, you can't do that. But it's going to happen. It just may not happen in this century. We're yeah. going to see how that goes. Right All right, CJ, we're at uh, 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 35 minutes, but in-depth. An healthy, in-depth 35 healthy, minutes. Healthy 35. Um, and we even had to cut some out because of those guys. By the way, guys from some other club, four guys come in here to, to get beers from McGarry. They don't belong here. How does that happen? It's just strange I don't. I, I just don't understand this club. But uh, And we got we got Joel Ga- Gagne or Gagne? Gagne. Gagne! Like Turin But why? But why? why? Why can't it just be Gagne? I will answer anything, what? but I've even had Quebecers say I'm saying my own name wrong. So. All right, so, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. so Joel, first of all, your name is Joe, so I Joel. Uh, my father is known as Joe. So you went by Joel instead of Joe Jr. or Joey? Yeah, or... yeah exactly. My parents so it's, didn't like any of that. So your, whole, your, your biography is complicated. A little. I'm going to uh, ghost I, I write that. We're, it's going to be a bestseller. And then your last name is G-A-G-N-E, Gagne, correct? And how often do people get what, what? Give me the pronunciation again. Ganya. Ganya. Yeah. How often do people get that right? Uh, one out of ten. Wow, one out of ten. Did you get that right, CJ? No. Did you know that? No. Do you know Joel? Yeah, I'm bet. Yeah, okay. Bet. Yeah, he's, he's a good he's guy. A great guy. Uh, he just got a. Sounds like he's got a dark history. He's a pool, a pool participant. I, any, any he of is a pool participant. Guy. Yep, and and he works hard on it. The results don't show, but he does work hard on it. All right, CJ, great podcast today, and we'll talk next Sunday, October 8th. Can't wait. Get us out of here. Peace and love.